0: anchor.fm to get started.
1: I'm Maria Menounos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. We are back, all American, one of them nights, and we've been gone for a month, you guys. It's been a month-long hiatus, but it feels like way longer than that. And we have so much to talk about. I am so, so excited because I am accompanied by Zakia here to my <laughs> left. Uh, and it's so nice to have someone to discuss these issues with on the shows, especially yeah. when it gets really heavy and where we can actually have in-depth conversations about what's going on so the way we're going to organize this episode is we're obviously going to talk about Layla's road to recovery Spencer's relationship with Dylan that very very traumatic scene where there is the run-in with the police officers and it kind of highlights police brutality doesn't show it but it kind of hints at something to come um, and then obviously later on, we're going to continue doing our special segment, MVP, where we decide who our most valuable player of the episode is. And Zakia has some great news for you guys later on in the show. I do. Followed I do. yes followed <laughs> by some very interesting predictions. Uh, with that being said, yes, I am your host, Mina Nadine. Today we are missing Sierra and her astrology <laughs> predictions, uh, but you know she will be back next week hopefully. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Chris will not be returning with us, but we will always have a place for her to return when she wants to guest on our show. Yes. But we do have Zakia, yes, and I'm still here. So excited when I saw you, I was like, it has been way too long. Yes. Let's get started with All-American. Uh, just jumping right into it, what were your initial
0: thoughts of this week's episode? I thought this week's episode hit on a lot of real events and cultural things that happens in the African-American um, society, especially the Bella Noches. When I tell you, me and my friends say, if you can't go to Bella Noches, where the heck can you go? all the time I didn't want to you know say the curse word but all the time so stuff like that really got me into it and then it was it was moments of I was happy I was sad CW always takes me on this emotional roller coaster but I love this episode overall
1: yeah you know Mm -hmm. I didn't think this episode was going to be heavy because we were watching it and I was like okay like they always do the thing with Tyrone and it's very ominous and Mm -hmm. you're like oh great Tyrone's in here again what's gonna happen and then it kept going along and you're like okay like I felt like it was in the beginning kind of trying hard to be really serious and intense Mm -hmm. and I didn't feel that intensity until the police run in scene where I was literally glued to the screen thinking oh my god what's gonna happen it felt like when I watched Queen and Slim last year and that movie really just got me engrossed in the script and the story Mm -hmm. and what happens, and I felt that way again this time and it just makes you so angry and I do really want to hear your thoughts about that later on but I I do want to start off with Layla's road to recovery Mm -hmm. because we see Layla, um, we haven't seen her in a while and she is in this rehab facility where she gets to talk to her peer group about her experiences which is a little different than talking to a therapist or a counselor, you're surrounded by people who are going through similar experiences And your road to recovery is through hearing other people speak and sharing. Uh, What did you think about her entire character arc in this episode specifically with, you know, being in the peer group and then finally... Getting to be greeted by Spencer and Olivia and her father, who wasn't pictured in the scene,
0: right? So of course, when I first saw her there, and as she was opening up, I was so proud of Layla actually taking hold of who she was and who she is becoming, and even if that was, you know, from a serious traumatic event that happens to many, many individuals, and she's not alone. And I thought it was important that they they had her open up. I was a little nervous um, when her and Olivia had this conversation basically because it did seem like she was holding back something. So I am still a little hesitant of... Layla's return but of course and especially seeing the breakdown for the mm-hmm. from the girl who's supposed to be out of the treatment center so I was still like oh my god I'm still scared but I'm, I'm still proud of Layla and I feel like she's making huge changes and it's day by day it's gonna happen day by day as progress I feel like it's so real to me like these aren't characters these are real actual people like I'm like pr- referring to Layla as if she's someone real because her character is so strong and she plays it so well It's so true. I Mm -hmm. feel like
1: when you have good acting, you fully immerse yourself into the character and you don't even think, oh, this is a performance. You're like, no, no, like Layla's actually going through this. (laughs) I feel it. It's real. (laughs) I'm praying Um, for her. (laughs) It it did feel that way and uh, uh, she said, quote, I don't think the people in my life love me enough to stay Mm -hmm. and I thought that was so powerful because she's taking all these incidents and things that have happened to her and she's internalized it as I am not worthy because of this Mm -hmm. and in life we have so many things that can happen to us and stories that we tell ourselves about those events that can forever alter the way we see ourselves as well and for her it was this whole image of perfection that she strives to maintain and even in her peer group they're like well why did you feel the need to be perfect and it's like Well, people already saw me as perfect, so I felt the need to fulfill a role that society placed on me because I didn't want to disappoint people. And then in not disappointing people, I will always disappoint myself knowing that I'm not perfect and feeling that, you know, I'm never enough Mm -hmm. and I'm not worthy. And that all goes back to this idea that, you know, her mom killed herself Or got into the car accident. We don't know for sure. And that her dad left knowing that Layla, you know, was going through things and that her house was broken into. So she continuously tells her this story, tells herself this story that she is not enough. Mm -hmm. And we kind of see that reflected in the way she treated Spencer when she was going through a tough time. Yeah so sad yeah
0: it's so sad I, I, I feel for Layla and I think that sometimes we put these unrealistic expectations on ourselves because no one honestly like probably no one thought of her as the perfect person she thought of herself as that because she felt that if she wasn't this way she wasn't worthy mm-hmm. so it's just interesting to see it from her perspective and then also see it from everyone else's perspective who I feel like Spencer and Olivia I don't feel like any of them literally thought of her as perfect i i think they just thought of her as their friend and someone they loved and in her mind she she made this this character for herself that it wasn't really her she was always playing having these two faces, it was like who she really was and mm-hmm. then her face at school. So it's just finally all crumbling, but she's picking it back up, so I'm proud of her. <laughs> I love,
1: love, love that you used that word mm-hmm. and you said character mm-hmm. because it's so true. I feel like we all have a character that we play and if you really break down your personality into your character strengths and weaknesses yep. and you see how it plays out in every day, you can really keep track of is this the story that you want to tell or is this a character that you're playing? Mm-hmm. How can you change that character in a way that works for you? So I I don't know. I, I really did enjoy that part of the episode is like kind of seeing her trajectory and her navigate that world mm-hmm. of therapy. And yeah, I did think that there was a scene in which she was kind of being shady and lying to Olivia because Olivia said something along the lines yeah. of, I thought you could visit off campus. Or something about visiting her, mm-hmm. and she's like, oh, it's just easier this way. And it felt like she was lying again. You just, like, felt it in the dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I'm interesting to see what plays out. The one part that kind of rubbed me the wrong way, and I don't know if you felt this way, maybe this is me just being extra sensitive, is when Spencer came and greeted her I didn't. There, there was part of me that got frustrated because we know that he hooked up exactly. with his ex girlfriend, exactly, and then sees Layla after. And there's something about it that didn't sit well with me, even though he's being a good friend and being there for her, and even though they're broken up, even though they're broken up, even yes. though technically it's okay. And even though they said that the hookup meant nothing, and we don't know if hooking up means having sex, mm-hmm. making out. Like, we don't know what it means. I'm guessing it means having sex. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but that part really, really got to me and really bothered me. What do you think
0: about that whole thing? You know, thing? honestly, to be honest, to be frank, I feel like Layla doesn't need Spencer right now. She needs to get herself together, and she needs her friend. And I feel like I love the dynamic between Olivia and Layla right now. So, Spencer, he was there, but I wasn't paying him any mind. Mm-hmm. Because for me, Olivia's been through therapy. She's been through something similar. So, to see their dynamic together, I was so focused on them and just emerge in the love that they both have for each other. Like, girl, I already knew you were dating Asher, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. I didn't care about Spencer, but... I did feel like irky when he was there. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, Spencer. But other than that, I didn't. He wasn't in my mind. It <laughs> it did something to me, and
1: it's so weird because it shouldn't. Because when the scenes in which he was with Gabby, and when I finally was like, wait, is that his ex girlfriend? Mm. Because I had totally forgotten. I was like, I really, really like her though. There's I'd something like about I it do. that feels more organic mm. than Layla. Not nothing against Layla, but just there's something about you know them having like grown up in the same neighborhood, gone to the same school, being first loves. Mm-hmm. there's just something really romantic and special about that, and they said something about making new memories, like revisiting old memories right, and I really like that. It felt like this very pure, cute thing. Mm-hmm. And I just, I didn't like the whole thing where it's like, oh, it was just a hookup. Like, why? I know. I was was
0: feeling their relationship as well. I was on the same level. I'm like, wow, they're really cute together. I like their chemistry. Mm -hmm. I feel like he makes everything, they balance each other. Yeah. Like, he doesn't, She doesn't give him an intense feel like Layla was, but I think it's just because what Layla was going through. So, right, I don't know. This teenage love is hard, I'm telling you. That's why kids stay single. No, (laughs) honestly, though, I feel like I saved myself from a lot of heartache by never being allowed to date in high school and just being
1: extremely pure and nerdy. It's so drama, (laughs) it's so drama
0: filled like for no reason. You'll probably not even talk about it. Yeah, you're never gonna see the people you dated in middle school or high school.
1: I mean, I. You, my maybe, okay maybe maybe Who knows? there's Who some knows? love
0: stories out there
1: yeah <laughs> uh so i do also want to talk about obviously the situation with coop tyrone and preach and how oh yes so many people to keep track of but obviously you know tyrone went to prison because mm-hmm. of coop working with the fbi to get him in he came out knew that it was coop Now Coop is not protected, but she thinks she is because Preach has said that he has her back, and if anything happens to her, four bullets go into Tyrone's head. But we later find out that this isn't the case by the end of the episode, that Preach no longer has her back because he is so frustrated with Coop being quote unquote weak. Right. Which, I mean, arguably,
0: she has been conned by things. and She's being naive. She's being naive. I think weak was a wrong word for preach to use. I think his, like, in reality, he feels as if it's weak, but I think she's being naive. She's not playing it smart. I think that is where she's quote-unquote weak. Because I'm with Coop. I don't want you to get into any trouble either. Don't start a fight. But are you being naive? Are you just trusting everyone? Mm-hmm yeah right and a lot of people in the chat been going crazy about this whole coop situation i gotta go back because we have people chatting it up okay so Carmen was basically saying one minute that um wait what she she said a lot about coop like a lot so basically she was basically saying like um that one minute um he wanted spencer to stay in Oh uh, wait there, there is, is a lot. I can't. I'm like, it's going There is a lot that happened. You can, but she said, Coop
1: was research. shook. Coop was shook." Yeah. <laughs> so essentially, what happened? Koop right. uh, had to sell a certain amount of tickets uh-huh. in order to be able to perform alongside some great performers. Right. And I think it was around $4,000 that she raised because she has a very strong support system. So Olivia was there to help her. Spencer was there to help her. Mm -hmm. Asher was there to tag along. And then Dylan was there to tag along. And they managed to sell a lot of tickets. And she gets to the front of the line, talks to the bouncer, and says, I'm here to perform. Right. He's like, you're not on the list. And she obviously thinks there might be some confusion. So the guy who was there that promised her this exchange says to her, I don't even know who you are. Like, who are you? And at that point, my blood was boiling. Because on the one hand, yes, we can say that Coop is naive. Mm -hmm. But how horrible is it to live your life in the world where you're cynical and you are mistrustful of every person you come across in that community? She's trying to, you know... Self-actualize and live her life as this successful performer and achieve her dreams. If she treats everyone with this like level of skepticism and distrust, how is she ever going to move forward if she lets that affect her? Right. But at the same time, he seemed like he kind of had something going on with Tyrone. Like remember, Tyrone was kind of in yeah. the background of
0: that scene. Yeah. So I mean, to be honest, this isn't like a story that has not been heard in real life, Mm -hmm. to be frank. And so with Coop, I I get it. Like, Coop, she needs to watch her back. Like, she has to watch her back, period. This isn't something, this isn't like a movie, like a story they came out with, and they're like, oh, yeah, this is gonna be something that we're gonna mastermind, and we're gonna put this together. No one's ever told a story like this before. Like, this is real life. This really happens. And I feel like these these are some rappers who have actually died over petty beef from their past life so at the end of the day like Coop should be smart enough like Preach said to stay out of trouble mind your business mind your way and then like Preach Preach has every right to be like yo you're making me look crazy out here because I'm protecting you Mm -hmm. now is it like technically something ideal like do you want to be in this position no but at the end of the day like she's in this position already she snitched Mm -hmm. she got in this position now she has to protect herself and now preach isn't going to protect her so i feel like coop just needs to chill out she trying she's trying to change but this is what makes me mad and this is what makes me mad in every in every story because this story isn't a good story Mm -hmm. but this is what makes me mad in every story there's always someone who's trying to be different and trying to make a change and trying to be something else and then they get the past or whatever happened before becomes relevant in their life and it takes them out. That's what pisses me off. And yeah. I, I think we have that same frustration. Is like, Koopa's trying to be different. Like, before we saw Koopa's season one trying to be down, she was selling, she was rocking with Tyrone. Her That was her people. Mm-hmm. Now she's trying to be someone else and she's, she can't because of her past. So that that's what mostly makes me mad. The storyline is like, yeah, this I, is the storyline that's heard. But I hate that aspect of the storyline always.
1: I think this is the part that is really unfair. And I feel like it's something that you don't have, like, the same amount of privilege if you're in Coop's situation. Because, yeah, she wants to be a different person. But does she have the socioeconomic means to associate with people who aren't going to be connected to tyrone and these people no because she's growing up in this community she's going to run into them at some point or another especially when they're the ones who have like a dominant foothold in the area and they're connected to everybody Mm -hmm. and so i feel like when you're trying to be different or you're trying to like progress in life the one way that they teach you how to progress in life for example if you're an alcoholic you get a new circle of friends you join alcoholics anonymous you have someone who is a mentor to you Mm -hmm. and then you're also not around the same people you were partying with you kind of cut those people off in order to not go back to that life so with coop she's returning to that life like I feel like accidentally, like, she doesn't have a choice right. because she's surrounded by it even when she tries to escape it. And that's the part that I think is really unfair. And, you know, lucky for Spencer, he kind of, like, doesn't have to be around the people who brought him down. So when he revisits, he's visiting all the people who were a good part of his life mm-hmm. and a good part of his upbringing, like Gabby and, like, the people who actually, like, he didn't have... Any negative associations with So I think that's powerful But you don't always get so lucky Right exactly Um, But do you think that Like what situation would be the most fair To resolve the issue of her not performing Because you know he did say The guy who who made this agreement with him Said well they did roller skate And they did get something out of it Even if she didn't perform So do you think she's even entitled To that $4,000 that she fundraised Or a portion of it Or how would you resolve something like that
0: you can't. I mean, she got bamboozled. You can't resolve. I wouldn't even know where to start. First of all, yeah, she went into business with, like Peach said, someone she didn't know. There, There's no way of resolving. It, there, there's no way. I can't even think of a way. Because at the end of the day... You really didn't know this person. You trusted someone that you th- that told you some story of how they were going to open back Bella Noches. And if you can't go to Bella Noches, then where the heck can you go? But mm-hmm. so you you thought you opened yourself to this person. There's no way. He's probably working with Tyrone, I'm sure. Or if he's not, he doesn't want to associate himself with um, Coop. And he, she, he basically played her. She just got him the money. Now, should she have gotten the money back? Yes, but technically that was his event. So I don't know. It's too many. Do you think that this was elaborate plan on Tyrone's end?
1: Do you think that he knew that this would, like, cause something, like, a stir-up in which
0: Coop wouldn't have protection anymore? Tyrone's very smart, so I can see that being yeah. the case. I can definitely see it. Did I initially think it? No. And uh, what- no, not at all. I'm just like, oh, no one's messing with Coop. But Tyrone is very strategic in whatever moves he does do. Like, his popping up is probably even like, just like, let me install some fear in you really quick. So, probably so. (laughs) Every time we see him in a shot and he's in the background, I'm just like, oh my god, oh my god, no. It feels like a horror movie almost. And
1: he's just standing there and he's just like, so scary for Mm -hmm. some reason. Because you know what he's capable of and he's can murder people in cold blood and not it doesn't seem like he feels any remorse for it either and he got off the hook you know like he's not in prison i don't know how that's even possible they don't Um, no one snitched
0: preach didn't snitch
1: (laughs) yeah but do you think that preach made a mistake by keeping the money for himself or can you see where he came from
0: by doing that no he had to teach her a lesson he's basically like Look, this is tough love. I was protecting you. You went behind my back and kept doing things that you felt was okay. Even protecting the man who bamboozled you against me saying, stop, stop, he's good, he's good. Mm -hmm. This is payback and I'm not going to protect you anymore because he also has to protect himself. He's in these same streets. So he can't keep just being with Coop and Coop is just letting herself, her guard down. Yeah, No, I can't. I'm also in the same boat with you with Tyrone. He wants me dead too. So. It, it's so funny because in that moment I really could empathize with Preach
1: and mm-hmm. I never condone violence. I no, never say that it's okay. But for some reason I like felt his frustration with Coop continuously making these naive mistakes and like putting herself in danger and I feel like she always needs to be bailed out by somebody having her back because of the decision she's made I'm surprised we didn't see patience in this episode at all yeah that would have been interesting to see like Mm -hmm. that dynamic I don't know what's going on I feel like my memory is a little fuzzy from before the break Mm -hmm. that we had um but I wonder I wonder how things are going to play out but What's more important is to also talk about how this neighborhood of South Crenshaw is becoming more gentrified yeah. and how, you know, now white owned businesses are coming in, Froyo places replacing the old places that used to be. Mm-hmm places that the community would come to and hang out at. So now we have, like, a dynamic between Spencer and Dylan where Dylan feels like his big brother isn't there for him anymore. Mm -hmm. So he is in his own big brother program where someone who's not even his blood brother is giving him guidance that obviously hurts Spencer and you feel the tension between Spencer and his little brother Dylan. Obviously they are both going through the stages of grief now after losing their biological father, Corey. And it's not an easy time, but they are trying to go on this adventure together to help Coop perform and sell the tickets. Mm -hmm. Uh, In so doing, they go to the Froyo place, and they get into a fight. Dylan and his older brother get into a fight, and the white woman, who is the owner of the Froyo place, freaks out, kicks them out. Despite keeping the money that Spencer gave her, Mm -hmm. even though they didn't really get the Froyo, they spilled the Froyo on on the ground... And it doesn't stop there. Not only does she kick them out, which I really felt was so unnecessary, right? but she also called the police officer and said that there was disorderly conduct, which is insane. In the middle of the day, for, for you to label that disorderly conduct, it's not like people are drinking and throwing bottles on the floor. It's a group of people, obviously the majority black, mm-hmm. <laughs> black Americans, and mixed Americans, and one white person who is uh asher Mm -hmm. at this froyo place and the cops come after they leave and
0: my heart just stopped at that scene what are your thoughts honestly i'm gonna be real this is not nothing that is not seen before these are real events that actually happen the difference that the movies and the tv shows help us do is it helps people who aren't seeing these things or who are naive to them or who aren't like really paying attention to what is actually happening in the African American community to with police police brutality with gentrification with a racial um just like discrimination. These are all always happening. The thing that happens with the movies it connects the dots for people who are like, wow, wait Permit Patty did the same thing to the girl who was selling the waters, right? Oh, just recently we heard of the Game Stopping. Like, these kids were selling, I guess, candy. Literally just, like, just now, today. I'm assuming from the shade room. I'm quoting... Um, but like the game went up to these officers and told them to stop harassing these kids because they were just selling candy. I mean, this happens every single day. I'm not surprised. I wasn't shocked. The narrative did not put me on my seat. It didn't make me, I, I just said, hey, I hope they don't die at this point because this is something that always happens. Is it important for it to be in movies? Yes. I feel as if when we keep consistently see it on a broader Uh, spectrum it brings the awareness that it happens in our actual lives when it does happen and then we'll have more people saying hey this is wrong this is bad and fighting for justice but at the end of the day I'm I'm glad that TV shows place these stories out but I'm I I want to see change too so Mm -hmm. for me I'm just like girl yeah (laughs) Another day in the neighborhood. I wish it would stop. Um, I, we are fighting more against it, and I think that shows. Like this is helping it become more relevant to everyone, so that we're like, hey, no, this is bad, and more people are standing up for people who are being racially profiled. Like, hey, girl, you're doing something wrong to these innocent, this innocent young boy. I mean, he had his his gun, his gun, or his hand on his gun, and the little boy was what? How was Dylan? Like twelve? Yeah, like eleven years old. Yeah, honestly. So I mean, for me, I just think that I'm happy that the stories are being told. Um, I just hope that the narrative in real life honestly changes. (laughs) But I'm I'm happy that they're telling the stories consistently so that everyone else can probably pick up the pieces and start pitching in when it comes to helping other individuals if they see are being profiled so
1: I love everything that you said I feel like <laughs> you summarized this perfectly because even Thanks, like this girl. idea of <laughs> gentrification and people coming into neighborhoods mm-hmm. and I mean according to people who don't live there oh these neighborhoods are becoming nicer now because of gentrification and people I don't think necessarily realize that you're displacing majority like communities of color and getting rid of places that bring a certain type of culture and like tradition to the area and replacing them with other uh businesses and people who don't necessarily understand the community people who are going to act that way Mm -hmm. and very entitled to like oh this i have the right to refuse service to anybody which is true it is what she did was very legal like, she can refuse the right to serve any customer. Was it ethical? That's a completely different question. And I think that what she did was really crossing the line and going over the top. Right, of course. Um, when, you know, in reality, they posed no threat to her. Mm-hmm. I, I don't understand, like, what, what this was. It really just felt like racism at its peak. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like sometimes you know exactly what you said was that we need to see this happening on screen i mean yes this has been shown in cinema like we've seen this in Mm -hmm. movies like crash we've seen it you know last year in queen and slim Mm -hmm. um we see this in movies and tv shows but do we see it on a mainstream network do we see it on the cw not really yeah i think that's so amazing that we can put it on a network that majority, you know, the the people who see the CW, it's normally, like, what, teens, mm-hmm. millennials, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're high school students. It's a wide array of people, but it is the young people who maybe aren't necessarily watching CNN or uh, different news networks, and they're actually, like, experiencing this on a TV show. And I love that this show does this. It kind of reminds me of Degrassi back right, in the day, right. where you have, like... These really serious issues being talked about, like suicide, mental health, race, and that's disability. What I love. And I think it's so important because mm-hmm. we haven't had a show like this in a while. And everything you said, yes. And the fact that you said that you weren't surprised by it, I just like. I love that we can come at this with two very different perspectives because, you know, I'm Middle Eastern, I'm not black, so Mm -hmm. I obviously have a different experience than you do. Have I been racially profiled? Yes, but in a different sense. It's not the same thing. And I have not experienced this. so when I'm watching this on screen, I'm just getting so angry and shocked that this is actually happening. And for you, you're thinking, oh, another day, this is so common. And it's just so crazy to me that this can be something that you like see regularly and for me i'm just like this is so outrageous this should never happen i can't believe this is happening but that's
0: a good thing i think that emotional appeal that the cinemas and the tv shows are bringing to their audience is what needs to be done that emotional appeal and where i'm like i can relate i can empathize with what's going on because then when you actually do see it now you're like wow like I can empathize. I can relate. And that's why I love that they're bringing so many different topics. Like, this this show alone has brought in not only just, like, talking about race, but it also has talked about, again, suicide and, and just being depressed and, and even just being a teenager. So, like you said, like, this emotional pill that the CW now and this show is having is phenomenal. I think it's great that they're actually putting it out there. For me, I think it's great that we're talking about it, too, because we have those perspectives and we can bring it to light. But...
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. and it's great that we could have discussions like this here on Apropos TV. (laughs) Uh, I
0: do want to know who you think our MVP is of this week's episode. Oh my gosh. You guys will be so shocked. Who's it going to be? All right. So, guys, the real MVP. Exactly. <laughs> you know, we come here to you every week and we speak. Well, not every week because we took a huge hiatus, but nah, we're back. And we speak of the MVP, who we believe is the most valuable player in this week's episode. And to everyone's shocked mm-hmm. belief, I think Olivia. Oh. <laughs> And you okay. I was not a fan of Olivia before. <laughs> I was not. But I feel like she's really grown into herself. She's out of everyone's business. Even with Layla's conversation, she didn't press Layla and say, No, no, tell me, tell me. I know something's wrong. She let it go. She's super in love with Asher right now. She has that whole glow going on. And and she took a initiative when she saw something so traumatic happening and instead of fleeing and crying about it she said hey i'm gonna start a podcast and i'm gonna reveal what is actually happening so olivia girl i think i like olivia now I really do. I I love that so much. And I
1: kept thinking, I I genuinely wish uh, that Sierra was here today. Because this episode, I kept thinking, oh my god, Olivia really is a Pisces. Because when she (laughs) said that comment about the new podcast is going to be called Live the Truth. And it's going to be about racial inequality. I want to get out of this Beverly Hills bubble. We're Mm going to be doing so much more. I was just like, she's such a Pisces. She's off to save the world and spread compassion. Anytime she sees injustice, she's going to speak out about it. Mm -hmm. I loved olivia in I this episode too. and i feel like i have to choose a different mvp because She's every like- episode <laughs> i always choose olivia as my mvp you do and i'm like no, no. <laughs> i really do and this week i'm gonna change it up a bit since we've already had some representation for her mm-hmm. and i would like to represent billy baker whoa i do because billy baker came in during that intense police scene he stood up for his kids. It literally felt like the scene in Lion King where Mufasa comes in, rescues Simba from the hyenas, and is like, get out of here, never do that to my son again. I was like, yes, Mufasa, you come in there, you, Not you speak with It really did feel like that for me. He came in, he basically told the police officers, you know, my wife and I mm-hmm. are going to... Uh, issue like a major lawsuit here we're gonna sue you and make sure that you never work in this field again you're gonna have a desk job (laughs) like you're never gonna be in this again and I, I love that and I love that there was, like, this discussion of, like, they never read the Miranda rights to right. any of them. Mm-mm. The You have the right to remain silent. Anything you say may be used against you in a court of law. And they couldn't read the Miranda rights because they were not even held in custody. And wrong. I just, I love that Billy Baker came in and saved the day. So he's my MVP for this week. Yay! <laughs> uh, and I know there are so many other great characters on this show, and you have some really fun news
0: and gossip for us that we can't I miss out on do guys so our favorite guys were hanging out we know them as Spencer and Jordan but we also know them as Daniel and Michael. And so what Daniel did, which is Jordan, a.k.a. Um, Spencer. Dang. Yeah, yeah. Daniel, what? Ezra, is Spencer. Okay, so Daniel is Spencer and Michael is Jordan. Yes. Oh, okay, four names. Oh, it's confusing so me. Okay, we're going to go by their character names. So Jordan was on the CW All American um, Instagram. He was taking over basically answering any of you guys' questions. But I got this really cute clip of Spencer and Jordan. We're going to stick with those names. Um, and they're just having a good time, so let's check it out. I, they're so cute. Look at this! Oh, <laughs> oh, Look at this! Oh, get em, Get em, Get em. Oh! oh! <laughs> <laughs> so okay, that was Jordan's laugh. But if you watch the full entire like story, it's actually Jordan recording everything. But honestly, when you when we see moments like this, or when I definitely see moments like this, I'm sure for everyone else. I just love the characters even more to see them outside of their characters and see how fun and bubbly they are and how much they're just having a good time. So... Kudos to all of you. I hope we can get one of them on the show.
1: I love them. And I, I And I
0: love that because it just shows how connected everyone
1: is behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense why there's so much great chemistry yes. in the show because they're actually friends in real life hanging out and having a time. I, I met Daniel Ezra once and I was so shocked that he had a British accent when I <laughs> met him. I was like, what is going on when I interviewed him? And I was like, he literally has to learn <laughs> to speak in an American accent on this show yes. and immerse himself in this world. Yep. He's not even from here, so it's just it's fun to see all the behind the scenes. I absolutely love it. I love them. Um, this this makes me miss JJ
0: when JJ I, yes. was here.
1: JJ was great. You know, Hunter Sierra is working on guest bookings and she's doing a phenomenal job. <gasps> Hopefully we're going to have a reunion show yes, for our uh, final episode oh where we gosh. get everyone that we've had as a guest together in one place. It's going to be so fun. Um, I right, We're really we working someone. hard to make wow. this happen because we've had Karima Westbrook, yes, we've had JJ, stuff. we've had We've had a lot of people yes, on the show. We did. It's been really, really fun. Wow. Um, obviously, next week is going to be an intense episode because we saw some previews and Tyrone's getting involved. Uh, but you're going to have to tune in next week to figure out exactly what is going on. And hopefully, we'll have Sierra back and we'll have a full panel. Zakia, it's been so great to have you on today's episode. Coming do? back from this long
0: break. <laughs> Yes! Where can everybody find you? Hello guys, you can find me on Instagram at zakia W underscore. Again, search me, look me up, zakia W underscore. It's your girl, Zakia Wilbert. And I'm your host, Mina Nadine. You
1: can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mina Makes Magic, And I'm here every Friday for the Popcorn Talks, Anatomy of a Movie, where we break down a new movie every single week. It's super fun, so you gotta tune in. Thanks so much, everybody!